It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Good evening, everybody. We are recording on Wednesday, March 25th, live from the Hammered Sports Lounge. Um, Tom and I are a safe six feet apart. Give or take. Roughly. We did not measure. but No. Sometimes it's better that way. <laughs> Just to estimate. So, Tom, give us a little rundown of what we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, so we are NFL-centric today. We're going to talk about free agency roundup, some of the most recent signings. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the quarterback carousel, some guys still needing homes. Then we're going to go with the best free agents remaining conversation. And then Kevin and I are going to break down our top 10 running backs for the draft and then our top 10 safeties for the draft. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's not much going on in the sports world right now. So um, NFL free agency is dominating our, our NFL free agency and then NFL draft are going to dominate the podcast over the next you know, month. Yeah. One month from now will yeah. be uh, draft night, basically. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll be working our way up. We're going to cover two position groups each week leading up. Um, and then our final pod prior to the NFL draft, we'll be doing our mock draft, our live mock draft. Yep, we'll do the my, live mock draft at the end, uh, position by position. And then I do believe that we're um, going to share our big board online as well. So you guys can take a look at that. Uh, maybe have that up with some of our notes for the, the draft when you watch it on TV. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Tom, kick us off here with some of the latest signings and the things that we had not had happen yet when we recorded last week. All right. So, yeah, there is definitely a lot going on um, in the world of the NFL, as always. So let's take a look at some of the more recent ones, even as of today. Uh, let's see. So a couple XFL quarterbacks got signed. I think that's notable for a couple of reasons. One, um, it shows the level of competition the XFL has, which really gives them a strong uh, push for returning and also shows players, hey, this is a legitimate path to the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. And we talked about that a lot. We talked about how the guys that we saw that could be at the next level. Um, I haven't, you know, I, I see Donald Parham is one name that um, immediately pops to me today. Um the tight he was the big tight end that was making all those big plays for the roughnecks remember yeah uh, i think he wore 49 right yeah he's a big tight end yeah he was signed by uh the chargers today believe it or not so giving uh yeah. potentially tyrod taylor or uh cam newton or justin herbert or who knows a, yeah a good target um so you know as i was scrolling through today's transactions that's one that just popped up to me here I think the most interesting one is P.J. Walker going to the Panthers, who have recently cut ties with both Cam Newton and Kyle Allen, uh, really seeming like they're giving him the keys to the to the team right now um, without those two quarterbacks being in the building. Yeah, he'll be backing up Bridgewater there. So, yeah. you know, it, that's huge for him to, to get a spot in a room like that. Um, you know, if it's if it's true, if it's real that he's going to be their number two there, that's that's a boon for the XFL. That's huge. 
to, to have one of their quarterbacks go in and land a, an immediate backup job. And, you know, listen, Bridgewater hasn't been the healthiest guy in the history of the NFL. So um, who knows? We could have P.J. Walker starting games in Carolina sooner rather than later. Yeah, Matt Rule, the, quarter, uh, the head coach, actually coached Walker at Temple for four years. So definitely familiar with him. He knows his offense. You know, it, it may be something to keep an eye out um, during training camp to see what kind of reps the two of them get. Yeah. Um, so some of the recent signings that I, as I just scroll through here, um, Philip Dorsett signed with Seattle. Um, yeah. Travis Benjamin with the 49ers. Uh, Peyton Barber went to Washington. Yeah. Barber went to Washington. Deion Lewis gets a one-year deal with the Giants. Um, really nice for Saquon to have somebody who can come in on third downs and pick up some of that heavy lifting. Yeah. He seems to do a lot of already. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Travis Frederick retired. That's a big piece of news out of Dallas. Um, Steven Guskowski cut out of New England. That's, you know, a a bit surprising there. I guess they're going to go in a cheaper direction here as they have gone into full rebuild mode, it appears. The Panthers added Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. Um, The Falcons added Laquan Treadwell at wide receiver. And the Packers added Devin Funchess. Yeah, so the receivers are, are kind of moving around a little bit. Uh, Jets brought in Brashad Perryman, uh, kind of replaced Robbie Anderson there. And the Jaguars got Tyler Eifert uh, to try to bring in some, some tight end help. It's a nice signing if he's healthy. Right. You know, that's, that's always the question mark. Um, let's see, looks like uh, Nick O'Leary and Nelson Aguilar uh, both land in Las Vegas. Uh, the Eagles with a uh, pretty good under-the-radar signing with Nickel Roby Coleman. I'm very familiar with him. He started in Buffalo. He's been a really good player throughout his career, most recently with the Rams, uh, now reuniting with Schwartz in uh, Philadelphia. And Sue is back to Tampa Bay. You know. Can't blame him. Can't nope. blame him for wanting to stick around there. Um, Emmanuel Sanders joins the New Orleans Saints. Nice, uh, nice addition opposite Michael Thomas there. Yeah. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's a, he's a nice addition. Yeah, really, really good uh, playmaker with the ball in his hands too, which will give them some uh, explosiveness. Von Bell signed with the Bengals. The running back carousel got going with Todd Gurley going to Atlanta, uh, and Melvin Gordon signing with Denver. Um, so we've seen some some change there. Yeah, and those are guys that you know you'll see in your fantasy draft. They'll they'll be uh, they'll be part of what you're looking at. So. Um, yeah, the Denver one's strange. I just feel like they have guys there already that are good. Yeah, it's it's crowded. That's it, a big, you know, somebody's going to lose their job out of that group, and I don't know which one. Uh, you got to believe that Lindsey and, and Gordon are safe. Um, does that make Royce Freeman, Royce Freeman on yeah. the chopping block potentially? I mean, um, you know, let, let's transition off of, uh, you know, we, we've gone through a lot of those um, free agents now. It's a lot of the tier two free agents since the Brady signing, really not, not a ton of big names. Um, Clay Matthews was cut. Did he resign anywhere yet? I haven't seen yet. I don't know what he's interested in. uh, uh, Yeah. Let's talk quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Big name. Yeah. Tom Brady in Tampa. We broke that news last week. Um, Right. As it was happening, we, we got the updates and um, we see that um, Cam Newton, obviously out in Carolina. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. I think that 
I thought the Chargers would be a good spot for him, but it, it sounds like they are not interested. Um, We're getting a lot of the not interested here. Yeah. You know, New England says they're not interested. Chicago, they made the move for Nick Folk already. Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville, are they interested? I mean, at this point, you would think that he may end up going to a team as the, as the number two guy. It doesn't right. look like there are a lot of openings there for him to just jump in and yeah. be the guy for one year. And he would have to appeal to somebody more than Jameis Winston. I think if you're an NFL team and you're looking at those two guys side to side, take don't take the whole career. Take the last th- two three years, and Jameis Winston has outperformed Cam Newton in pretty much every statistical category, including being healthy. Um, yeah. I mean, it would be hard for a team to hop on the Newton bad wagon with Winston still out there. So I don't know if we'll see some of these next guys we talk about land a spot until Winston finds a home, which is very interesting to me that he hasn't yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, I don't know who <laughs> I, I, I this has been so hard for me to figure out, like, like, where is is the landing spot for him at this point? Yeah, this guy's a big name guy. And, and let's not forget, it was it was a mere four years ago. He's only 30 years old. You've got guys playing into their 40s now. Two guys, I think 30, 31 years old. Who are we talking about? Cam Newton. Oh, yeah. Um, so so Cam Newton's landing spot is is really up in the air. Only four, four or five years ago, he was he led his team to 15-1, and one, accounted for 35 touchdowns in the air, 10 touchdowns on the ground, and went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's not like he's – it depends on how his health is, really. And I would think that teams, after all of this is over, he may be still out there until the summer yeah. when teams can bring him in and work him out and see how his arm looks. Yeah. Is his shoulder healthy? Yeah, definitely. I think that he is on standby mode right now. For him, it's probably better to just wait it out, see if, you know, every year a quarterback goes down in the preseason or training camp, maybe sit and hold and wait for a contender to lose a guy. Um, or wait and see who misses out. I think, again, Jameis Winston's crazy to me that he's still out there. Where would he end up? I haven't even heard anybody like being interested. There was rumors about the Steelers, but they've come out publicly and said that they're set with Roethlisberger, Rudolph, and Paxton Lynch. So, you know, there's that. I suppose. I mean. You know, and, and you're talking about the age of Cam Newton. Winston's 26 and is coming off last season, led the NFL in passing yards. I mean, he he's... He's got some flaws, obviously, with all those interceptions, but he has a lot of talent, makes a lot of big plays. Uh, it'll there, be interesting to see. There are still some names out there that I like, though, as I look at the, the free agents that are remaining. And, I, I mean, I think those are the, the quarterbacks that, that primarily we're going to be looking at for uh, potential starters. Sure. Um, the other guys that are still hanging out there, um, you had a little list you read to me before we started. Yeah, here. there's Joe Flacco, who's yeah. a free agent. Um, Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, Matt Moore. And then there's the trade market for Andy Dalton still. Yeah. Their Bengals are not making it. Uh, they, they are making it known that they're interested in shopping him. Uh, obviously, they have not yet. It's the Carolina did the same thing with Cam Newton, tried to trade him, tried to trade him, um, and then ended up just uh, getting rid of him to allow him to pick his own situation. It'll be interesting to see if Dalton goes anywhere. Um, and Winston... Bortles and Gabbert, Matt Moore, none of them are really exciting, but you need a good backup quarterback, and these guys have experience. Yeah. So let's talk about the top free agents still remaining um, at this point, and uh, some of those guys uh, that you see out there, Cam Newton is, is is up there, obviously, on that list. Yeah. Um, but the number one name to me is Jadevian Clowney. Yes. 
there have been conflicting reports that Miami offered him $17 million and then people out of Miami are saying it's not true. They never they never made that kind of offer to him. Yeah, he, he seemed to shoot that down as well. He, he tweeted something out saying, where do people get this information? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seems like... It makes him look bad. I mean, it makes him look like he's Rick saying... greedy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and at 27 years old, it seems like they're, they've almost blackballed him because of his talk about how he was going to reset the market. And, you know, there are some concerns about his health, obviously, with that, that core muscle yeah. injury is always a big concern, whether they can come back from that. I, I just don't know that there's a huge market for him at the price tag that he's looking at. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. I think that he overvalues himself compared to the way the GMs do. Um, when they're looking at him, they look at a, a guy who's – this is probably his last contract to make money, so you understand why he's, like, trying to cash in. But when you look at it from a GM, you got a guy who's been injured very often. Yeah. you got a guy who takes a ton of penalties. He leads the NFL in penalties from a defensive lineman. Yeah. And then you have a guy who his production doesn't always match up with his attributes. I mean, this guy looks like he could dominate every game, but he doesn't always do that. So I think when GMs are looking at investing $20 million and you have three or four question marks, they're not willing to pull the trigger. Right. Uh, some of the other free agents that are still hanging out there, uh, Shelby Harris, the defensive lineman from Denver. Um, a name that, that pops to me is Everson Griffin, who's no longer with Minnesota. Um, Griffin seems like the kind of guy that could go to a contending team and offer that third down, you know, pass rush ability, um, make some big plays. He, he tends to, to do that for the Vikings. Um, Logan Ryan is still hanging out there. He's, you know, been a corner in the league for a long time. Wouldn't be surprised to see him land back in uh, New England or potentially Miami with with Flores staff, maybe Matt Patricia's staff in, in Detroit. Um, those kind of teams will be, you know, they, there's some familiarity there. And if they decide not to go after him, well, that may be an indictment of his ability or skill set at this point. Um, Did you say Logan Ryan yet? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, to me, he's really good. I don't there's, – there's some really good corners out there. Right Prince now. Amukamara still on the – on the board here, 31 years old. Um, Ronald Darby is 26 years old. Yeah. And still floating out there. You know, you have some firsthand experience with Darby. Um, he has some good moments. Uh, I think he's perfectly acceptable to be the third corner on your team. Yeah, I think, um, you know, he's he's really good player to have as that third guy on the team who can step in when your guy goes down. If if he's your playing, is he your, if he's your second starting cornerback it's not like you're, you're panicked mm -hmm. he's going to be solid um so having him as the third guy to come up which in the nfl your third corner is playing a ton of football right um so he's definitely good um eric reed is only 28 and he's still out there yeah. but there's some some baggage with him that people aren't fans of i guess um jason peters hasn't announced his retirement yet i don't know if he plans no. to continue playing or what he's got left in the tank Xavier Rhodes still at corner. I, I'll be interested to see where he ends up. Yeah. Cam Wake is out there uh, negotiating with teams. There were some reports that he was going to retire, and he came out and said, that's totally false. I've been talking to teams. I'm playing next year. Um, another guy that you could add as a situational pass rusher and can probably yeah. still add some value to, to teams here. Um, Rashad Jones is still out there. Yeah. Devontae Freeman hasn't signed anywhere yet. Yeah, there's a few running backs. Carlos Hyde, um, Lamar Miller. You know, there's a Cameron Artist Payne. There's definitely some guys who uh, can contribute at the running back position that are just 
kind of floating out there. Marcel uh, Darius. Marcel Darius is out there. It'll be interesting to see if he signs with the team and what what they have him doing, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's some of our, our favorite XFL people are still out there. Nelson Spruce, Cam Phillips, a um, couple guys who made a lot of big plays at wide receiver in the XFL. Be interesting to see if and when they get a chance with someone. Did I see uh, Jordan Tamu signed with the Chiefs? Yes, Jordan Tamu signed with the Chiefs. Very interesting player for them. I feel like Andy Reid may even have some packages for him. Just the way Andy Reid runs yeah. his his team, he he may have some trick plays for him. And and he's got some of the same skills that Mahomes does, not quite the arm talent, obviously. Sure. that's You don't want to compare those two, but I mean, I guess if you're trying to find somebody who has... He, he has a skill set that kind of is similar. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, um, good for him. I was a big fan. It's I'm sad to see that season cut short. I can't wait until they get it rolling again next year. Um, you know, and and I, I've gone through you know the top fifty list here that I was looking at. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of names that you still know. Ziggy Ansah, Timmy Jernigan. Timmy Jernigan is only 27 years old. I feel like he's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah, and uh. By all accounts, was supposed to be a, a really talented kid coming out of college. Um, Tremaine Johnson, the corner. Yeah. Jordan Reed. Uh, Delaney Walker. Yeah, Jordan Reed. If you're if you're interested in, you know, bringing him in for a case study on concussions, I guess <laughs> that's your candidate right there. Aye, aye, aye. Adrian Claiborne, Vinny Curry, Clay Matthews, all edge rushers, all still on the market, all aged. They're all. 32, 33, 34. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys won't be signed until after teams can figure out what uh, um, things they can address in the draft. Akib Tlaib. Akib Tlaib's out there, yeah. yeah. So it's so a lot of players that, you know, maybe some teams want to add a corner, but they're also like, hey, we could maybe pick one up in the first round if this guy gets to us. Let's wait and see. So there is a lot of that that happens once you get through the top group. I think Clowney um, is the big one, see where he falls, and then, that that uh, quarterback market is crazy. Trying to figure it out is, is yeah. a daunting task. Yeah, and then also past that, you know, a lot of a lot of talented corners, which is in this league is a need for everyone to have three or four guys they can rely on. So I'll be interested to see where some of those guys end up. A lot of them veterans been around for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's uh, let's move on and, and start our position lists here. Um, our position rankings. Uh, you want to go safety or running back first, Tom? Running back. Running back first. We're going to go uh, starting at 10 down to 6, then we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back give you our top five, and then we'll go 10 through 1 on safety and give it a wrap for the night. Sounds good. All right. Um, Tom, start with number 10 for me. Number 10, I have Zach Moss from Utah. Yeah. Um, I have Zach Moss considerably higher. Yeah, I'm not a huge Zach Moss fan in general. Uh, he, does, he doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Um, depends on what you like in running backs, sure. and that's the interesting thing about the running back position. Um, and number 10, so I'm going to preface this with when I get down to uh, 9 and 10 on my running back board, I start looking at, for guys who can contribute in that third down capacity, that uh, Darren Sproles type capacity, that uh, special teams explosive playmaker type role, um, and that's why I have JJ Taylor at number ten from Arizona, um, five foot six, hundred and eighty pounds. 
uh, kid can fly and, and he's, he's uh, jittery, you know, he's, he's a really, um, he's got sudden movement and I think that he can add value to a roster in the NFL right away. And I think that that's what you're looking for when you get down that far in the list of a, of a position group. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I would think that your 10th running back would still be maybe a th- third round pick, um, maybe, maybe early fourth. Uh, so when I'm looking at that, it's really tough. Uh, Moss, to get back to my pick, I just I don't see him as an every down runner. I think he's a first and second down kind of guy. He does not have the speed to break away from people. Um, I just don't see him as a long-term option in the NFL. Yeah, I'll talk more about Zach Moss when I get to him um, and, and why I disagree uh, on Zach Moss. So um, at number nine, um, I have a name that maybe not familiar with everyone, but it's Darrington Evans. Um, Darrington Evans was uh, the tailback at Appalachian State. Um, he's a great athlete. He's well coached. Um, I think he is another guy that adds that opportunity to come in on third down and catch a screen pass and make a big play for you. Uh, take a punt to the house, um, kickoff return guy, you know, special teams player. I think that he's he's great value for the for the organization there in that spot, and I think that that role is big in the NFL. Having somebody that can do that, somebody that you can put in in that situation that you trust to make an explosive play, um, you know, or or the potential to make an explosive play. So um, I like Darrington Evans from Appalachian State here at nine. Uh, for nine, I have Javon Leak uh, from Maryland. Uh, very good special teams player. Three kick returns for touchdowns this last year. Um, super explosive. Had so many runs over 20 yards. I wish I had the number in front of me. It, it's insane how many he had. A um, lot of big playability in him. A lot of breakaway speed, big playability. Very explosive kid. All right, Tom, who do you have at number eight? I have A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Yeah, we were close on this one. Yeah, I think Dillon is kind of your prototypical old school running back he's he's big he's physical he can take it the distance if he gets a seam um he's going to be similar to moss where i don't know how much he's going to do outside of running the ball in the tackles and bouncing a few outside um that's why i have him down lower on my list and uh at eight i have clyde edwards hilaire um, I think Edwards Hilaire was, uh, he's being propped up by how great that LSU offense was around him. Um, you know, at, at points in time, I didn't think he was the best running back that they had on that roster. Um, he seemed to be able to catch the ball. Um, I think that he can run the ball on a good team. Um, but I don't see him as a, a dominant force coming out in this draft. And I think there are other guys, uh, who will have a bigger impact on rosters, uh, moving forward. And then number seven for me is A.J. Dillon. Ah, uh, yeah. So um, the thing about A.J. Dillon for me is his his numbers were out of this world at the Combine. He, he blew up the board with great speed, uh, great athleticism, his ability to jump, his ability to run. It, th- this is a, a powerful dude that looks for contact. He can also run away when he gets in the open field. That's the difference for me. Um, I'm not sure that he's a third down back. I don't know how good yeah. he is in the pass protection or, or pass catching situation. Um, that's the reason that he's not higher on the list for me. Yeah, agreed. You didn't see him asked to do a lot of that, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, he's not he's not really high up on, on that kind of uh, 
for to be in the top five for me, you need to be able to do a little bit of everything. I need to trust that you can catch the ball. I got to trust that you can um, make plays that aren't there. Um, and I'm not sure that AJ Dillon is necessarily that guy, but he does have a lot of upside as a runner of the football. Absolutely. Who do you have at seven? I have LaMichael P. Ryan um, out of Florida. Explosive, uh, pretty good athlete. Um, those two things mean the same thing. Uh, you know, he, he's flashed a lot in Florida. Their offense is so up and down, it's kind of hard to get a read on him. But he is someone who can catch the ball out of the backfield. He is someone who can make plays like that. Um, you know, if he was on a different offense but maybe got him more touches more consistently, he might be a little higher on this list. Yeah, P. Ryan just missed my list. He would have yeah. he would have been, uh, you know, 11 if I if had gone that far. Um, who do you have at six? This is where I have Clyde Edward Hilaire, and I, I gave you the look when you said it because I thought I was going to be the one to have him really low. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, I think he's got a lot of talent, and I think someone's going to find good ways to use him. Um, he's obviously, I mean, he's getting drafted in the first couple of rounds of the NFL draft. He's a good football player, so I don't want it to sound like we're coming down on him. But I'm not 100% sure he's going to be great. Um, I yeah. think if you're in the top three or four of a draft class, you should be great. And, you know, that's why he falls just beneath that for me. Yeah, and at six for me, um, I have a guy who I think could be great. And, um, you know, it, it's going to depend on the situation for him, but I, I love Anthony McFarland coming out of Maryland. Um, extraordinarily talented kid. Um, he was part of that early explosion of offense that Maryland had. Um, he's just shown so much ability. So he's got the prototypical build for a, a running back, an every down running back. And, um, you know, I, I like his pedigree. I think that the kid is a uh, physical, fast runner. He, he, he has a lot of pros to him. And um, I think he's the kind of guy that can be an every down back in the NFL. All right, so that gets us through six. Take a quick break, and we'll be back with the top five for running backs and our countdown of the top 10 safeties. Sounds great. We'll be back with you shortly. And welcome back. Um, let's jump right in, Tom. Yeah. Uh, back number five on your list. Uh, so this one um, is probably a little out there for a lot of people, but Keyshawn Vaughn. I love watching this guy play football. Vanderbilt? Yes. Running back from Vanderbilt, I absolutely just love his tape, love watching him. I, He's a tough runner in a tough conference. I think all of that stuff's going to translate to a good running back in the NFL. I think you're going to find some teams fall in love with everything he can do. He's a, a tough runner. Um, just so much fun to watch him play football. Yeah. Um, number five for me is Cam Akers. Um, Florida State, the, you know, their offensive line was terrible at pass protection, which tells me they're probably not that good at run blocking. <laughs> Cam Akers is the whole package. He can do everything. He can catch the ball. He can be an every down back in the NFL. When you get to your top five, that's what I'm looking for is an every down back in yep. the NFL. Um, I think that he's a guy that I don't know if he'll explode into being one of the top five backs in the league, um, but he's definitely one of the top five backs in this class. Absolutely. And uh, number four, this is where I had Zach Moss slotted. Did a lot of research on Zach Moss, and he just sees red when he, when someone's in the hole, a linebacker squares him up. He's going to run him over. He's he's going to run right through him. I love his tough style, and he actually does have soft hands and the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Only question mark is can he pass protect because he didn't do a, a whole ton of that. Um, but I think he's a guy that can get you, you know, four four and a half yards a carry without a doubt. He's going to get you tough yards. Um, he's the kind of guy that you can use as a workhorse, 
has that Derrick Henry type mentality where he's going to go through you instead of around you. Um, one cut. Um, he's ne- definitely not, he doesn't have that second gear that's going to just expo- explode and run away from defenders. Um, but I really like him as an every down back in the NFL. All right. My number four is Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jonathan Taylor has a great career at Wisconsin and uh, just ran the ball all over people constantly. There are some question marks about his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. There's some question marks about just the tread on his tires. Uh, Almost 400 touches in his collegiate career and fumbles, a lot of fumbles. Um, One of the highest rates they've actually ever measured in fumbles per touches. Um, the good thing for him is those kind of things can be worked on, which is why I still have him at four. I still think the upside's there. Someone's going to get him, and if they can, you know, get him to hold the football, and you know, it could just be a thing that he wasn't asked to catch the ball out a lot in Wisconsin. You've seen their offense; it's not exactly yeah, post style, <laughs> right? You know, it's not a situation where you're going to see him um, out of the shotgun and swinging out into the right. flat to catch the dump down pass. Yeah. You know, that's not their style of offense at so, all. So. So I don't know if he can do that, but um, you know that's why I have him at four and not up a little higher because his his uh, running style is great for the NFL. He hits the hole hard. He makes cuts off in the hole, and he goes once yeah. he, once he gets a spot, he goes. So yeah, and you know Wisconsin backs are, I mean it's a running back factory. They produce somebody out of there, you know, seemingly every couple of years that ends up being, you know, a top ten running back yeah. in the NFL. So. Um, yeah, he's he's good selection there at four. And then at three, I ha- this is where I have Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers has a lot of the modern NFL running back traits. And I think normally when you're talking about a guy, uh, I'm stealing this from Joe Mariano from the Draft Network. He was talking about how normally when you talk about running backs moving to the NFL, you're like, well, they won't see his holes as big as that once they get to the pros. It's the opposite for him. He's going to see some actual pro-level blocking, and he, he yeah. he's going to be – just wait, what is this? You can actually keep linebackers yeah. off me. Um, so I think that he's his arrow is pointing up. Absolutely. Um, I had Jonathan Taylor at three. Yeah. Um, a lot of the same reasons you talked yeah. about Taylor and his, uh, his ability to uh, make big plays. He tested extraordinarily well at the combine. Uh, fastest 40 time, which I didn't expect. Um, my question is how soon till he starts to break down? Yeah, you know, you, you can see that stuff coming with guys who carry the ball as much as he did in college. Um, I'm excited to see his prospects at the pro level, though. Absolutely. I think if he can fix that fumble issue, he's he can be a top five back in the league. Yep. Uh, go ahead with your number two. Number two, I have J.K. Dobbins. Um, this is a guy that is um, you run a stretch play with J.K. Dobbins, he's going to take it towards the edge and then one cut and goodbye. Yeah. He has that sudden movement he is uh, as talented as they come in this draft uh, physically has all the tools he's not he hasn't taken as much of a beating as Jonathan Taylor has and that's I think what put me over the top as far as Taylor versus Dobbins at the two three mark for me um, I think J.K. Dobbins can be in every every down back he's shown the ability to to play the position if it weren't for Mike Weber taking his carries the year prior JK Dobbins could have been you know maybe one of the leading backs in Ohio State history yeah so you know I really like Dobbins potential here too yeah I think if Dobbins gets in the right zone blocking scheme he could be amazing where they just set up hat on a hat find the hole and go I like his patience I like yeah. the way that he waits and, and looks and finds the hole and goes 
he uh, reminds me of Terrell Davis a little bit, which is why yeah. I say the zone blocking. Thing. Yeah. It's kind of um, – I have J.K. Dobbins as my number two as well. Uh, which I think puts us both at the yeah. same place <laughs> on number one. So I think for all the same reasons, I, I really think he's physically gifted. Um, he has a very good uh, awareness of where to cut, when to cut back. Um, which is usually a trait some guys have to learn as they get older. A lot of times they're used to hitting the hole where it's supposed to be and moving, and he is definitely seasoned at making those cutbacks when they need to be made. And, yeah, number one, DeAndre Swift. Um, speaking of universities that cr- crush out running backs, Georgia crushing out another. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Swift's really talented. I think that he is the, the new prototypical every down back, going to catch the ball out of the backfield. You're going to set up screenplays for him because he's so elusive. Um, he's going to be able to run it up the tackles. He's going to be able to run outside the tackles. He's, he's got the second gear when he gets into yeah. the open field. Yeah. The, the big thing with DeAndre Swift for me is everybody knew that they were going to try to feed DeAndre Swift in, at Georgia, and these are SEC defenses, and they still couldn't stop him. Yeah. Um, Jake Fromm wasn't scaring anyone out of a spread formation where he's getting these big gaping holes and gashing huge runs. That could be kind of the drawback for Dobbins is, you know, he didn't see that pro style. I love that DeAndre Swift has been in that pro style offense behind an offensive line that's, you know, just hat on a hat, pushing guys out of the way, and you're finding that seam, and and, uh, then you're catching the ball out of the backfield and making huge plays there. Uh, I I think he's the most talented of the group and has – maybe maybe he doesn't have the physical gifts of some of the other guys, but I think he's the best NFL running back. Yeah, and I we were talking a little bit um, during the break. We we really think these the top four running backs here, who um, Swift, Dobbins, um, Akers, and Jonathan Taylor, they really have separated themselves from the the rest of the pack. When you start getting beyond that, you know, it's pick pick what you like. You know, what are you looking for in a running back? But the top four are really the guys that you're going to be able to hang your hat on and have as a as your starting running back of the future. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to safety. Um, tough position to evaluate um, because you don't necessarily know how the scheme was drawn up on every play when you're watching film. Um, You know, it, it it can be a little bit tricky trying to decide if, if, or it's easy to overrate someone if they have great physical skills and they were out of position, but somehow made the play and now they pop on film but they were actually in the wrong place. So that part of it, that mental game, is hard to judge for the safety position, if you ask me. Yeah, safety, is to me, is one of the harder ones to do, too, from the outside looking in. That's why I think you know some of this, some of the missing pro days and stuff is going to make this harder for NFL teams. They don't get to sit down with the, the coach's film and say, okay, what was your assignment here? Okay, then why were you over here? Um, yeah. And kind of go through that. So you kind of have to go over just a body of tape and – um, kind of what you see and, and also what, what things do they not do well? What stands out? Are, are they getting pushed around on running plays? Just little things like that can give you an idea of, well, maybe he lacks, lacks a little bit of strength. and Right. Uh, so And plus, uh, and safeties are used so many different ways across the NFL. You have safeties who are in the box. You have safeties who are just the, the high safety back there. Don't want anyone behind you. You have safeties who are blitzing. Um, safeties who are in man coverage a lot safeties are only in zone coverage it is all over the place with this so again a lot of it is fit for the nfl teams when they look at it yeah um i'll, I'll kick off uh number 10 i had jr reed from georgia 
Um, he's your free safety type. He's yeah. not going to be down in the box trying to make tackles, but he's been part of a steady defense in Georgia over the course of the last several years. Um, he, he does a good job. He has good ball skills. Uh, free yeah. safety is, is a position where, you know, you can be a ball hawk. You can steal interceptions for your team uh, by being in the right place and understanding what your role was and uh, making a big play. And, and the ability to, you know, potentially cover a, a tight end that's coming down the seam or, you know, make the play, the break up the pass on, on the deep ball to those big, big yeah. physical receivers, you know. So that's, this is not your your strong, stocky guy that's flying into the box and making tackles at the line of scrimmage. Um, this is your, your guy that's back there in the secondary making smart decisions. Yeah, a lot of times when a free safety has a good game, you don't hear their name at all because they're just right. taking away those plays before they happen. Um, at 10, I have Terrell Burgess, who's a little bit of the opposite. Um, he's a strong man-to-man. He's going to be a specific type of defense is going to want him, but I really like some of his physicality he plays with. Um, Terrell Burgess out of Utah is my 10. Yeah. Um, number nine, who'd you have? I have Kevon Wallace. Yeah, <laughs> funny. <laughs> Kevon Wallace, I think, is going to be a good pro. Um, we'll so Clemson's defense, obviously, has been really good for a while now. He is, he's got the size you're looking for. Um, he's, he's big game experience. Yeah. Big game experience. I'm for sure. I'm going to step on you here a little bit. Cause I'm right with you at nine for Kevon <laughs> Wallace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, we don't share this information. We just happen to fall in the same spot here. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, he's going to be interesting to see where somebody puts him. Um, he has experience at Clemson all over the place. They had him at co- playing corner in the slot. They had him playing the deep safety, um, had him up supporting the run. So he's got a little bit of experience at everything, which makes him, you know, appealing to most NFL uh, def- defensive coordinators. Yeah, and if he's got special team skills, that that adds to it even more. Sure. The, these guys that play safety, a lot of times are tasked with double duty. They're they're going to be on the special teams units making plays. So he said duty. <laughs> yeah, I had Kevon Wallace also at nine, and and for all the same reasons. Particularly, um, I really love the the big game experience that you get at a place like Clemson. I mean, he's been playing in the playoffs for what three years in a row now, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of games. Um, and he, he knows what it's like on the big stage. And um, he's figured it out to not make those mental mistakes in those situations. So, to me, that was a, a great spot for him. Um, I have Julian Blackman at number eight. <clears throat> Julian Blackman played free safety at Utah. Um, but he started as a corner. He was converted corner, mm-hmm. which tells me that he's got ball skills and um, versatility. And perhaps the knock on him is his willingness to get up there and make the tackle. Um, but if that's not what you need at your free safety position and you need somebody smart with some ball skills that can cover, um, Julian Blackman's going to be your type of guy. And I have, from the University of Notre Dame, Alohi Gilman. Um, Gilman is more of a strong safety. He's definitely one you're going to want playing up towards the line of scrimmage. He's going to be coming in, um, you know, definitely a big run supporter, very good at picking up tight ends. Uh, is has been um, you know had some interesting beats you know getting beat when he has man to man against good wide receivers at Notre Dame. Uh, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I've seen a few few of his games. So, uh, but really in general, able to come up, stop the run, pick up tight ends, um, play sound assignment football, uh, but does have some limitations as far as you know you, you can't really go man to man wide receiver with him. Yeah, um, who'd you have at seven? I have Brandon Jones from Texas. Tell me a little about him. Uh, so one of the great things about Brandon Jones is his size. 
Um, he's big and physical. He's uh, six feet. They have him listed at six feet two hundred five. Um, he definitely is another one that likes to play up. Um, hits a lot of people. The, the Texas defense has a lot of ups and downs this last year, and you could see some of that was directly with him. Uh, man coverage, a little bit of a weakness, uh, but a zone, very good zone player. Reads it, um, makes a lot of plays on the ball, had a few interceptions this season, and is definitely able to um, come up and make plays and, and a very sure and willing tackler. Yeah. Um, seven for me is a strong safety type out of Virginia Tech, Reggie Floyd. Um, Reggie Floyd is a physical, hard-hitting, borderline linebacker type of safety. He needs work in his coverage skills, but I think that he, his ability to make big plays near the line of scrimmage are the kind of things that will allow him to um, succeed at the next level, but it needs to be in a very specific role um, in the right type of defense. But I think he can be great at that. Like Rashad Jones was great at what he did in Miami in that in-the-box kind of attacking downhill play. Um, that's the kind of guy I see Reggie Floyd as. We got at six. Six is Ashton Davis, um, mm. free safety from Cal. Um, this is a guy that's a cover guy. Um, seems to make the – he has ball skills. He has the ability to um, make big plays on that defense. Um, smart decision maker. Um, has some experience at corner. The big knock is his ability to, to – or willingness to come up and make the tackle at the line of scrimmage. Um, so I like Ashton Davis, though, in playing that uh, center fielder role. Yeah, you'll hear Ashton Davis's name on my list here coming up. I have Kyle Duggar, though, at uh, six. I think the reason he's not up higher is because you really don't know what to do with him. Um, he's very tall and physically gifted, uh, 6'1", 217, super long arms, uh, explosively fast. Uh, so a lot of physical traits that are great. Um the issue will be talent he's played against. He's dominated everyone. Um, and then at the Senior Bowl, he really held his own. So there is, you know, the thought that he'll be able to translate to the NFL with some yeah. of the better players. Uh, but is he a strong safety? Is he a free safety? I mean, I think that's going to depend on the team and um, kind of what they want from their safeties. But with his athleticism and his ability, I mean, six punt returns for a touchdown in his career, he's super athletic. Um, he definitely should be able to make an impact right away in special teams. And then, again, depending on where he goes and what you want from him, uh, he could be a steal in this draft. Yeah. Um, I like Kyle Duggar. You'll, you'll hear his name from me later on. So um, My, what do you got at five? I have Jeremy Chin from Top Southern five. Illinois. Top five. Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois. Um, another guy, very large for a safety. They listed him 6'3", 219. Um because of that, he's a little, uh, I don't know what I want to use here, a little uh, hinky coming out of breaks and stuff sometimes. So his man cover skills can be a bit of a problem. But again, at safety, you're not in man very often. You're going to be coming up, making hits, and he can definitely do that. Um, he has a great uh, sense of getting to the ball, making big plays on jump balls. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see who picks him up and what kind of role they get him. But def definitely more of a traditional strong safety type. At number five, I have Antoine Winfield, um, free safety, Minnesota. Um, great pedigree, obviously. Uh, Dad was a very solid NFL cornerback for a number of years. Um, 
his uh, biggest knock is that he doesn't like to tackle. He, Which is odd. Yeah, it is weird because his dad was known for sticking dudes. Yeah, his, his dad was undersized and amazing at tackling. Yeah, so, um, you know, if Winfield were a better tackler, he'd be in the top three on my list. Um, but because of his tackling uh, weakness, I guess, uh, I think that's something that can be fixed, but I don't know if if you can give somebody that mentality without going through some tough times first. Yeah. Um, I really like him, though. He's a ball hawk. Um, I love the term ball hawk. You know, those guys are – it's fun to see because they find ways to get interceptions. He'll find ways. He'll be starting on an NFL team. Yeah. Uh, at three, this is where I have Ashton Davis. Or at Wait a four, minute. At four. four. This yeah. is where I have Ashton Davis. He, uh, you know, for a lot of the reasons you said, he's, he's another guy who's been around, played a, at Cal – He's a very good tackler, very willing tackler, um, has some issues maybe getting deep enough sometimes. You know, he doesn't have the top-end speed of, as a lot of the wide receivers you're going to see in the NFL, so it'll be very interesting. Uh, but one thing I loved about him as I was looking into him was he was able to play a lot of different things. He even played nickel linebacker um, for them, so yeah. a lot of versatility, a lot of different things you'll be able to do with him. Um, so this should be interesting to see. Uh, kind of what he evolves into in the NFL. Then three, this is where I have Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, he just has a nose for the football. It really is one of those things where game in and game out, he's either coming down with a big interception or he's breaking up a pass in a big uh, big spot. He's, he's really young still, um, coming out as a sophomore, so it should be interesting to see kind of what he, he's still going to develop. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see as he develops what he comes into, um, but very good ball instincts. Somehow I ended up two behind you here along the way. Um, so I'll, I'll give the next two, then we'll go one at a time for two and one. Okay. Um, I have uh, Kyle Duggar at four. Um, yeah. You know, all the things you talked about, Kyle Duggar is an amazing athlete. He's uh, small school, obviously, is, is what – the question mark is um but i think teams are going to find athletes like that opportunity um you know and and he's going to make a ton of plays he's going to be involved in special teams he's going to start in the nfl and he's going to make an impact on teams um for a number of years yeah absolutely. and number three is where i have jeremy chin um his athleticism just blows me away he's he has the same athletic numbers as isaiah simmons um who is talked about as a top five pick in this draft. Uh, Simmons is carries like 15, 20 more pounds than, than uh, Chin does. Um, might, might even be more than that. Maybe it might be 30 pounds, but uh, regardless, all of their measurables are the same uh, when it comes to speed, power, athleticism. Um, Jeremy Chin is going to be a nightmare to deal with as a blitzing safety, as a dude that, you know, it just comes flying up to the line of scrimmage and makes tackles on guys when they're trying to run a toss sweep. Um, he's gonna, he's probably gonna get a few targeting penalties because he's he's got a nasty streak in him. To me, Jeremy Chin is the prototype of what you want as a strong safety in this league. Um, so that's why I have Chin all the way up at number three. Want to start us off with number two? Yeah, number two for me is Grant Delpit. Um, Grant Delpit's got versatility, you know, more of a free safety type, I guess. Um, but a willing tackler, um, played at LSU. Uh, how can you go wrong with somebody who, who makes plays in big moments on teams that are competing every year? Um, to me, he's a very sound player. 
um, if not explosive. Um, there are some question marks. Um, he, he struggled a little bit in 2020 at times, um, but he had a great – or 2019. Uh, 2018, he had an amazing season. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think Grant Delpit is a is – I think he's pretty much set here at two for me. I, I feel very comfortable with my ranking at the top here. Yeah, I have Delpit at two as well. I think that if we were doing this at the end of last season, he'd, he would have been easily the number one safety coming out. Yeah. Um, tackling seems to be an issue yeah um which is not good from a safety uh so that's that makes you a little nervous um but he's willing uh it just seems like sometimes he he's looking for big hits instead of rapping kind of deal which i think is coachable that's a fix yeah Yeah, that's that's something you can fix um but he he comes up he reads plays well he he reacts very quickly um i think he's going to be an explosive and uh well it'll be interesting to see at free safety what he's able to do I know at LSU they don't really have a, a, a set free safety, strong safety. They both kind of flux, yeah. Um, which is the more modern NFL take, anyways. But I, I, it'll be interesting to see if it's set at free safety somewhere. What what he'll be able to do week in week out because he is another guy who gets his hands on the ball, is making a lot of plays. That brings us to our number one, which sounds like we have the same guy, Xavier McKinney. Yeah, uh, from Alabama. I mean. 90 plus tackles intercepts the ball you know plays all over the field um i i think that it's hard to find a knock on him he can tackle and he can cover yeah um if you're looking for somebody that you might be able to match up on travis kelsey or a, a dominant tight end i'd feel confident with mckinney on that person and i think that that offers so much value value in the nfl these days yeah he also did very well as a blitzer at alabama yeah. which is something that i don't think a ton of these guys on this list do i mean i think you know you have guys who've done it a few times but he was used a lot as a blitzer and very effective as one chin too. and mckinney are the two yeah. that i like the most as blitzers out of this group yeah mckinney did it a lot in big games and big situations and um he he has a ton of talent not a lot of not a lot of things to worry about. The one thing I've read multiple articles about him trying to go back and forth between Delpit and him, and the one thing that kept coming up for McKinney was football IQ, football IQ, um, just his ability to see a formation, know the other team's tendency, and get himself in position before the snap even goes. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, this is – I believe that he separated himself greatly this year from the rest of the safeties. So yeah. um, whoever lands Xavier McKinney is going to be ecstatic on draft day. Um, he's going to make an immediate difference on defenses, um, You know, much like I was hoping that Minka Fitzpatrick would when they drafted him yeah. from uh, out of uh, Alabama as well. So um, similar type of player who, who has the ability to do all those things on the field. So I'm excited to see what McKinney brings to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there's some really good safeties in the top half of that list. Um, You know, even guys, you know, I had Duggar at six, you had him at four. four. I mean, somebody like that in the right, the right defense, the right scheme, asking to do the right things can be a big playmaker. So, yeah, uh, you know, maybe lacking a little bit of the star power at the top with maybe just Delpit and McKinney getting that. But after that, a lot of solid football players. To me, I mean, now as we talk about the two groups, when I look at the safety group, I would say you've got one superstar in McKinney potentially, uh, maybe Delpit as well if he, if he learns how to finish tackles or, yeah. or decides to finish tackles. Uh-huh. Um, everybody, I, I feel like it's a good, not great class. Yeah. And I feel like it's it's not super deep either. That's the other thing. Like when we got down to eight, nine, ten, I started looking for guys who were on teams that 
were competitive and yeah. had a lot of experience and a good understanding and could add value at the next level. So yeah, the last last three or four on there, it, it, it you know you're splitting hairs with some of these guys because they're they're good football players, obviously, but you know they're not standing out a lot. You watch some of the tape of some of them and you forget who you're watching because they just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, but next week. And well, let, let just the running back class. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to touch on briefly. Um, I think the top of this running back class is incredible. Yeah. Uh, when you get you know maybe six six seven deep in this running back class, can be you know very very good players yes. at the next level, um, and you don't get that every year. Yeah, um, I think the wide receiver class gets a lot of the pub on the offensive side this year, but I think this running back class may not have the big flashy stats like some of the wide receivers do, but it's right. a passing league in college football more than anything. Some of these running backs are going to do very well in the NFL, and some yeah. of them might not be taken until the third or fourth round. Absolutely. Now get, give me what's next week, Tom. All right. So next week we're going to check back in on free agency, how, see how that's going and working along. We're going to check out to see um, the quarterback carousel, see if maybe Winston or Cam Newton find a home, maybe Clowney. Right. Um, and then our top tens, we're going to do top ten quarterbacks, which should be very interesting. Yeah. And then the top ten linebackers, we're going to lump all linebackers together, not split up backers, um, and kind of see how that lays. So uh, definitely one you can see a lot of, you know, everyone has their opinion on quarterbacks. So that should be one fun one for you guys to listen along with. Yeah. And tear your hair out when you hear our opinions. Yeah. And, you know, we're going ten deep and there might only be six quarterbacks that are <laughs> worth being. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it'll be fun when we get down at the bottom of that list, I would say. Yeah. So uh, maybe we'll go in the opposite order next week and we'll go one to ten uh, to, yeah. because it's going to be hard when we when we get down to seven, eight, nine, and ten saying, I like this guy kind of, but. <laughs> kind of, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the linebacker position is weird because, you know, you've got inside, outside, edge rusher, you know, is this person a linebacker? Is this person really a linebacker or not? So, um, you know, we're going to, we'll go through it and, um, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm excited for next week's pod. Yeah. I, anytime I can talk about quarterbacks, I'm in. Yeah. Until next time, guys, um, we'll be back next week with some more draft talk, free agency talk, and let's hope that, uh, we get some normalcy back in our world soon so that we can start watching sports again. All right. Have a good one, guys. See ya.